Hello and welcome to the Shiny Bees podcast, a podcast for those who like their knitting, yarn and comedy in equally large measures. I'm your host Jo Milmay and coming up in today's show we have some reflections on New Year's resolutions, we have a rundown of the latest knitting news and we welcome the return of the sock surgery with Claire Devine and Kate Reed. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 29 of the podcast, the year of enabling and how to make your socks fit. Today is Sunday the 4th of January. How are you all doing? Well, I hope. I know it hasn't been a very long time since the last podcast, but I wanted to get back on our Sunday schedule as soon as possible and you'll probably hear that I still have a little bit of leggy hanging around but again a lot of people are going back to work tomorrow and I just couldn't let that happen without you having some comedy knitting to chew on your way. I hope you've all had a nice Christmas and New Year period and you've enjoyed spending time with your families or doing whatever it is that you like to do during this time. It hasn't been particularly exciting here due to the vast amount of illness going on within the family. We did do some quite fun stuff. I went to a whiskey tasting uh, evening on one evening in December, which I say it was for medicinal purposes. I mean, there wasn't a lot of hot water and lemon in the whiskey, I'm not going to lie, but uh, I figured it can't really do you much wrong if I just drink the hot water and lemon maybe the next day. So... We went along to that and it was very, very informative, very interesting. We tried five different whiskies and the gentleman who was doing the whiskey tasting was giving us a lot of uh, lessons and instructions on how to actually taste whiskey properly. Now I know a lot of you will already listen to the Caithness Craft Collective podcast and therefore you'll be reasonably learned in all the different types of whiskies that are available. We started off with a Glenmorangie 10, which was very nice, and the chap was busy explaining that this has, Glenmorangie has the highest stills in Scotland, so which means that the uh, whiskey is quite light and uh, a lot of fruit flavours in there because of, of the height of the still. And we went on to a Glen. No, it was an Abelower 10 next, then a Glen Murray 10, and that's the local distillery to us. It's just around the corner in the middle of Elgin near the train station. Then we went on to a Talisker Rui, uh, which is a special whiskey experience blend that they've brought out, one of five apparently, that are aged in different casks to give it a different taste, but that isn't actually, it doesn't give you an age on the bottle, it's an experience taste. And there was another one, although the one that it was sort of escapes me right now. Um, so it was clearly good whiskey, and the uh, the gentleman explained all the different bre- not breweries, distilleries, and different facts about them, and lots of interesting stuff. And he taught us about how to look at the colour first and then you swirl it round and look at the legs on the whiskey which is how long it takes the whiskey to start running down the side of the glass and and how wide or thin the legs are whether it has any legs at all and then you had to nose it which involves getting your nose right in the glass and giving it a good old sniff and closing your eyes and giving it a sniff but you've got to leave your mouth open when you sniff it as well because that apparently helps you to smell it better there was also uh, some pipettes and some water and you had to get some little drops with your pipettes and put it in the whiskey and then taste it again after that. So it was really interesting. Uh, myself and Mimi quite liked the Glen Murray, even though most other people didn't. I'm, st- I'm still not a fan of Abelawa. We had a bottle of that in Africa and it was a pretty rank, to be honest. The Talisker Port Rue was very nice and I didn't want to like it because I felt like it was a bit of a marketing ploy but it, it was quite tasty. I think it was um, it's aged for a bit in port uh, casks which gives it a bit of a different taste. The Glen Murray is aged in Chardonnay casks. So yeah there was loads of stuff to it. 
very very interesting uh, ch- chapter chat to and uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed that I'm not going to start whiskey tasting on the podcast because Louise has got that all wrapped up uh, very well but if you're interested in whiskey at all and you don't listen to her podcast it is uh, Kathis Craft Collective and herself and her husband Richard do the drams the drams section where they try uh, whiskies from all over the place and they've tried a gin in the latest episode I believe so a lot of the distilleries in uh, Scotland also make gin because you don't need to age gin so you can make money off it straight away most of the whiskies that you buy are at least 10 years old so you make it and you don't make any money for 10 years although some new distilleries are apparently selling it much younger than that like maybe 5 or 6 years so yeah a bit of an interesting one uh, but yeah if you've never been whiskey tasting before I definitely recommend it as something to try and if you're in my area and want a good contact for a guy who knows a lot of stuff about whiskey then uh, send me an email I'll give you his details I did mention as well there'd be a little bit of chat about new year's resolutions uh, obviously it's that time of year when everyone does start to talk about new year's resolutions and thinking about things that they're going to give up it's always going to give up stuff I always think that maybe trying to do something rather than give something up is a bit more of a recipe for success. You don't feel like you're depriving yourself, usually, of something you really enjoy. Um, I'm not giving up whiskey for the new year, or in fact, giving up anything else, really. Well, I am going to give something up, but it's a good thing to give up, because it means I'll end up with more yarn in the end. Um, but it's a time when a lot of people like to reflect on the year behind them and make plans for the year in front of them and I've seen lots of things around on social media about what people are planning to do for the year uh, in those kind of crafty and knitting lives as well as their ordinary lives as well. There's been lots of bullet journals <laughs> popping up on uh, on my feed. I don't bullet journal either <laughs> but uh, it's an interesting one to kind of think about and think about how people go about setting goals and keeping themselves on track. Now, I don't do New Year's resolutions uh, because I don't think you should wait till the start of a new year to make positive changes and effect change in your life. If you think there's a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook what the DJ involves it. Um, just crack on. Just just change it now. Why wait? But there's no need for messing about. Just, just do something about it. I'm that kind of person, really. I'm, the same kind of impulse well I am a bit impulsive yeah in fairness but I'm not the kind to kind of mess about I'm more about getting stuff done and making a plan and cracking on rather than just thinking about stuff and going oh well at new year I'll you know I'll do this or I'll try that I like to just think right okay I fancy having a go at that let's go right that's a bad idea let's stop doing that um I'll be a little bit more sort of I don't know, gung-ho, I guess, in my attitude to affecting change within my life. Um, But naturally, it is a time, and it has always traditionally been a time when people do kind of, as a whole, take stock and think, okay, what can I change? What can I leave the same? What could I do better? How do I want to plan my year ahead to achieve what I want to achieve? Now, I did say I wasn't going to give up anything. Um, And I'm not really going to give up anything, but I have decided that I'm going to stop making stuff that's too big for me. The reason for this is I've done my Lush cardigan. You've all heard about the Lush cardigan. We did the big Lush knit along. I did it in my Blacker Swan Falkland Merino. It's beautiful, lovely colour. Really suits me. Gorgeous buttons. Handmade in South Africa. Got my little grain ribbon on the back. Got it all planned out. Beautiful. It's too big. It's too big. I don't know why I knitted it that size. It's too big. I don't know why I didn't just listen to the pattern. It's not like tin can. It's, you know, rat, rat a few patterns or anything. They're reasonably kind of knowledgeable. They sort of know what they're talking about. Louise Scully said to me, just trust the pattern. It's fine. I've knitted it already. I wasn't sure. I thought it'd be too small. It wasn't. It looks great. Her, her luscious both look great. Um, Just trust the pattern. No, no. Joe's not going to trust the pattern. So I ended up starting off cast trying trying to fudge everything around my hips casting on the medium which was way too big I have very small shoulders um 
the bus size was too big as well and uh, ended up getting in the right strap with it then I cast on the small which is actually the right size for my shoulders and um, chest and things started knitting on that decided I wasn't I took it down to the for the waist shaping I took it in as far as the pattern said there's 10 inches difference between my bust and my waist there's not 10 inches difference in the pattern so why I thought that was ever going to fit I have no idea but because I have quite big hips and I'm a sh- I am short as you know I'm 5 foot 3 and not in fact as tall as I'd sound um, I just thought no I'm not going to take it in too far because it's going to make my hips look even bigger if I do that so I took it in I think it's 3 inches of neg- of, of shaping that I took in and which still left me a good however many inches too big and and then on the the hips I fudged it out to the medium size because in my head I've got massive hips and I need to make sure that it isn't stretching over my hips because it's going to make me look fat and I want it to look nice and it doesn't look nice it doesn't look nice at all because it doesn't fit properly and actually I have a nice figure I've worn a cat suit on stage in front of hundreds of people this is a ridiculous idea to have in my head that I'm going to make knitwear and I'm going to fudge it out so that it looks even bigger than it is and actually if I pull it back properly to what it probably should be I end up with two handfuls of cardigan in my hand and it looks brilliant I look really slim and lovely in it like Emily Wessel does in hairs but at the moment it makes me look fat because it's too big and there's just a weight of fabric around the back of my waist that just makes me look really chunky so by trying to fudge it I've made it look worse I've been, I've, I've ended up creating the problem that I wanted to solve in the first place and part of of that is kind of the conversation I had in the last episode where I was like oh I'm really short so I can't wear this and I can't wear that and actually as an errata to my review of yokes because I always put my hand up and say when I'm wrong <laughs> I was speaking to the lovely Kate Davies on Twitter and she's like, actually, I'm only five foot two. So she's not even as big as me. No, no, granted, put your hands up if you thought Kate Davies was about five foot ten. Come on, put your hands up. There's a load of you. I know, I can see you. I can see you all out there. Because she obviously has a wonderful photographer and she must be quite petite because she does, she does look really tall in the pictures and having never met her in real life... I assume she was tall, she's not, she's wee, she's five foot two, she's smaller than I am and you know I was sat there saying I can't wear this because it's too big and heavy and cabled it will drown me, uh, well she wears it, she looks lovely, um, I'm sticking by my Keith Moon comment, her neck is much longer than mine, I have a short neck, I have problems with um, my neck arrangement in that when I wear shirts a lot of the, there's a lot of excess material in the shoulders of the, sh- of the shirt between the collar and the actual shoulder I end up with a funny kind of ripple where I've got extra fabric that sticks up I have a short neck I can't wear the Keith Moon uh, because I will look like I'm being beheaded but I could wear the other one you know the big chunky uh, cardigan that I said I couldn't wear I probably could wear it uh, but I've got this idea in my head that I can't and I think a lot of us are like that in our knitting. We say, oh, I've, I can't I can't do this, I can't do that, or oh, this, or oh, that. And I think it's about time we all stop to kind of criticise ourselves so much and actually work with what we've got and choose patterns for what we've got. And I know a lot of people have this problem when they're choosing projects, choosing yarns and choosing what garments they want to make. And yeah, I'm looking at you, Leona from Fluff, who made... A beautiful cardigan, the lush cardigan, and again it was enormous. Didn't it? No one here fitted her. She just made it much bigger than she actually is. And had she done it properly and fitted it properly, it would have looked brilliant. But she just did the same thing as me. Yeah, it, it needs to be much bigger, and uh, made it massive. So two thousand and fifteen for me is going to be the year of making stuff. I'm trying to apologise in my knitwear for the figure that I've got and instead I'm going to knit to my figure Susan Crawford, I am coming your way um, for for that 50s kind of silhouette because it's just daft I, no, I'm not going to knit a boxy um, the Hohi Locatelli pattern I'm not going to knit a boxy because I'm not 5 foot 10 with big shoulders uh, 
uh, you know, I've got quite big hips, I've got quite big bust, I've got a tiny waist, so I'm not going to wear something that covers that up. It's all about the waspish waist for me in 2015. Work with what you've got, sisters. Don't apologise for your figure. Um, just pick pick carefully and tailor it correctly for you. And any knitwear can look good when you do that. It's not off the shelf. You're not trying to fit some massive kind of standard model you can do whatever you want with it so so you know work with that if you're going to spend hours making it make it right don't just rush through it and bodge it like I did so there's going to be a lush mark too I've bought the yarn for it already inspired by the lovely uh, knit British Louise I have gone for a Jacob mohair blend 50-50 uh, worsted spun yarn from Blackie Yarns which I got at a bargain as £3.50 a ball this is going to have the dual purpose of being really shiny and lovely but really strong because the other problem I found my other lush is that it pills probably because it's too big and it's rubbing on itself all the time because there is so much excess fabric. I think it'll be a lot better and less pilly if it fits correctly. Um, so I'm going to frog out the original lush up to the top of the yoke and re-knit all of that with long sleeves because I'll have extra yarn because I've taken two handfuls out of the back of it. But I'm also going to knit my Lush Mark 2 and uh, going to do it in the Jacob Mohair blend. It's a dark grey and um, I'm going to do that properly and I'm going to fit it properly and see if my theory about working with what you've got for the year is, uh, is a good one. So I'm not going to pick a word of the year. A lot of people have and it's interesting to see the different words that people have chosen and how they're going about honouring those choices of words to kind of keep them on track um, but given my background I thought I'd go for uh, principle of war instead which I do I do sometimes give these out to people when they you know they come and ask me for help with stuff and I'm like no this is your principle of war and my principle of war for this year is going to be selection and maintenance of the aim now this is the the kind of key the pinnacle sort of the overarching principle of war now, Hitler did not select and maintain the aim, and that lost him the war. So it's very important that you decide what you want to do and you don't get distracted by everything else that's going on because you, you are selecting and maintaining the aim. So I'm going to decide what I want to do and I'm not going to let all the other stuff that's going on around me distract me because I'm very much one of these people that gets distracted by the pretties and by ideas. So... Selection and maintenance of the aim is, is that one for me. And my selection and maintenance of the aim, my aim in my knitwear is to make knitwear that fits properly and does me justice and does the time and effort that I put into it justice. So anyone out there, have you got any goals or things you would like to achieve for 2015? Send me an email, let me know. It'd be interesting to see what you've got planned. Uh, you will probably hear in the background, actually, I've just heard someone chirp up. I think it might be the beast. Uh, the family are in and the, the walls are very thin. So you may hear a bit of chatter in the background every now and again. I'm afraid there's nothing I can do about it unless someone wants to get me a new house <laughs> or a soundproof room. I could put egg boxes all over the room, but it would it would make it a lot smaller and a lot darker in here. So uh, when, I, when I've got time for that maybe but in the meantime I'm afraid just going to have to pop the little uh, a little background noise there so on to the other bits of news I've got for you it's just going to be a bit more of a chatty episode this one than uh, than a lot of the recent ones I've had I hope that'll be okay for you all um, we've decided over at the Golden Skin and it was entirely driven by me because I have a problem uh, to do a Project 365 randomly again this is something that I would never usually do I find it all a little bit too constricted and far too long term uh, for my liking when it comes to knitting however uh, before my parents arrived I did a bit of tidying because the spare room cupboard is where I keep all of my stash and some time ago I decreed that the stash would never exceed three boxes that I'd stolen from the beast that used to house her baby claws three kind of 25 litre Ikea boxes it was never to get any bigger than that that was enough for me and all I started doing instead is just because they were full just putting it in other bags uh, 
leaving it in the mailing bag and putting it on a different shelf leaving it in my little South African bucket downstairs where I like to display some yarn I have a bedroom yarn display as well where I like to keep the odd skein or two and uh, it sort of just got a bit out of control really and what I thought was three boxes is actually six once I'd put all the other stuff back away and there's, there's been a couple of big influxes of yarn for instance Mealy brought me back 10 balls of four ply from the Falklands and I bought the Mohair Jacob blend that I talked about earlier that was nine balls which takes up quite a lot of space but also clearly I, I own the golden skein with Kate and therefore I get yarn uh, I've had 15 skeins since we opened and I've knitted one two, I've knitted two out of 15 in 15 months so not doing really very well on that front either and part of the golden skin is about and how, how it even came about in the first place is about using up those precious skins buying beautiful yarn that you love that makes you happy and fulfilling it picking a good pattern for it using it making something that you love wearing and you can use whenever you want it's a little bit of a treat to wear every day or that you like a special pair of socks that you like putting on when you're sat down with your cup of cocoa and you're doing some knitting or a beautiful beaded shawl that you wear on special occasions or that hat you wear every day it keeps you warm in winter part of TGS was about freeing those skins and those beautiful ones you've got in your stash that you're a little bit afraid of is to like have the confidence to get them out, use them, fulfil them, and just replace them with something else. If you've got more space for all the other lovelies that you've not met yet, that are still to cross your needles. And it just occurred to me that I'm not really achieving this at all. And the idea sort of sprung when I was one of, in the Cunyanit along, one of the, the ladies, uh, Kirsty, who goes by Mossy Mostitch on Ravelry, had gone in and she got her trial club yarns out and was freeing some vintage, the 2013 vintage, and using one of those for the pattern. And it, I mean, it, the pattern does work for pretty much any yarn, so it is brilliant in that way. And I was just like, you know what? I, I haven't freed half of that vintage yet either. And, you know, we need to find ways of doing this and enabling ourselves a little bit and everyone else who's got these single skins and they don't know what to do with them. So we decided to do a uh, Project 365 and this is a post every day on the Golden Skin blog where we, it's our year of enabling essentially. We're going to post, or rather I'm going to post every day a one skin pattern for fingering weight yarn with the aim of freeing your golden skeins and giving you some ideas. They don't need to be a TGS golden skein, it can be any skein that's sitting in your stash and you want to know what to do with it, you want some ideas, a bit of inspiration on a daily basis, which is my favourite kind of enabling, um, then come along and see what we've got for you. They will be a mixture of free and paid for patterns and they will be mostly knitting because I know how to recommend patterns for knitting and what yarns will work with what patterns. I'm not up on crochet so I don't want to stand there and recommend things for crochet that then isn't going to work in the finished fabric but what I will try and do is get some of my more learned crocheting friends to guest post for me so that the crochet people don't get left out and I'm going to collect them all together on a Pinterest board so you can quickly browse through them and they'll be obviously reposting all the other social media that we've got. We're working on the hashtag, uh, which is hashtag free your skeins 2015. If you want to have a nosy at things. And if you've got any patterns, any favourite go-to one skein patterns or any suggestions uh, or recent discoveries that you would like to recommend, uh, then please do pop them through and we'll, we'll share those on the blog as well. We started... Um, a thread if you want to chat about you know 
techniques and ideas to use your golden skeins. I mean, there's a lot of stash stone groups anyway on Ravelry that you can go into, but um, this is definitely something that, that we feel quite passionately about here is that, that we want you all to use your nice yarn and not save it for, for special and not save it for best because you never know when you're not going to be able to knit it. And I tell you what, I do not want to be there heaven forbid I should shuffle off my mortal coil before my husband does and the stash is there and it's not been used I think I'm gonna to have to leave very express instructions about how that's to be dealt with if it all I mean it would be good for it to go to charity and but I don't want it going to a charity shop and they don't know what they're doing with it and it just all gets squandered so I would want it to go out to all the people who love beautiful yarn instead I'll have to put someone in charge of that just in case but <laughs> coming back from that slightly morbid chat there it is you know you don't want to waste this stuff you've paid good money for it you've picked it because you love it get on it get it on your needles enjoy it so uh, the first one that we picked obviously I started with uh, the Kunya pattern because that is designed for pretty much any yarn it's a one skin pattern we're doing a knit along for it it seemed like a nice way to kick off uh, the year our project 365 but Every day there will be more on there. I'm just catching up with the, the last two days so that it will be on the proper day that the pattern gets posted. So there'll be a couple of days for the next two days and then it'll go two once a day. You should be able to follow it on pretty much all the social media that we're on. Um, but yeah, feel free to come and join in the fun. Be enabled, enhance your key, rearrange your stash, free that yarn, people. So that is uh, our project 365. It's free your skins 2015. The blog address, because the blog is not currently on the TGS website. There is a blog on there, but we're not very keen on it. Uh, it they will be being integrated together at some point soon, but we're still working on working that out. But the blog address where we, we're going to be blogging about all this is www.thegoldenskein.wordpress.com so it's not just the goldenskin.com like the normal shop is it is the goldenskin.wordpress.com so yeah come over let us know what you think the next thing i've got for you very excited for this is edinburgh yarn festival i have booked my train tickets this week i've booked my mum's plane tickets so she can come up and mind the offspring so I'm all about Edinburgh Yarn Festival at the moment and they've just released the vendor list so yeah excitement went through the roof because I got to D and Dive Yarn was on there and that was it dead gone that's it I'm not going to eat for 10 weeks now I'm just going to save all my money for yarn it's www.edinyarnfest.com forward slash who's hyphen coming forward slash uh, if you want to go and have a look and check it out but there are some really really good dyers in there like Dyfian yeah love them Eden Cottage Ginger Twist is going as well there are also quite a lot of people that you don't see at all the other yarn shows and that was my main kind of gripe with Yarndale this year or rather last year now was that it was just kind of the same old crowd that's not the case with this one there are some uh, really interesting different uh, vendors that I've not seen around and certainly not at the mainstream kind of shows and a lot of Scottish vendors as well which is always really really good to see uh, Nakandu Mill is going to be there too someone sent me an email about this the other day I do know Nakandu Mill Nakandu is quite quite close to here it's about 45 minutes drive away and I will go and visit that once they reopen in the summer uh, and it's a little Victorian restored wool mill in, in Nakandu it's just down past Abalawa uh, down into the Spare Valley really cute really interesting uh, place and they do the, they spin their own range of yarns which are dyed by Helen at Ripples Craft who is up in Lakimva, which is like West Coast kind of highlands. She's also going to be uh, exhibiting at Edinburgh Yarn Festival along with a kind of whole host of others. I just can't wait. I'm like, do I go on a pre-shop now and plan it all? Or what, you know, what do I do? 
I definitely want to get yarn for, after complaining about the size of my stash, I definitely want to go and get yarn for The Frost at Midnight by uh, Kate Davies that I talked about in the last one. It's out of the Yorks book. That is uh, knit in a lace weight. I think it's fibre space, uh, the original yarn. I'm not going to do fibre space. Too commercial for me. I am going clearly die for yarn they do awesome lace weight yarn because they're, they're very into their lace knitting so i'm going straight there on saturday morning to get my dirty little sweaty paws on some of that it is my birthday weekend as well my birthday is the 18th of march so i'm definitely going to be taking full advantage of birthday girl status there is going to be as well a podcast launch which i've mentioned a few episodes ago and Louise mentioned on her most recent episode um, about all the plans for that, which is going to be quite good fun. There will be definitely a meetup, and it'd be great to meet up with any of you that are going. And then we'll probably do a TGS meetup as well, because there's lots of TGS people going to. Um, there is going to be a special segment hosted by myself, Claire, and Kate as well on the Saturday, maybe, but there will be more details about that as it gets finalised. But you can probably guess the subject of that bad boy. And there are still classes available. Uh, Kate, uh, Sock Kate, uh, who you'll hear from in a little bit, she just booked onto a fair hour class on the Sunday, which with Hazel Tyndall, which looks quite interesting. Um, I don't think I'm going to have time to do a class, unfortunately, but I think they're quite reasonably priced, and I would ideally like to do one, but having been to unwind and not done a class there and done both days and still not had enough time to do everything. Um, and obviously helping with the podcast line stuff as well amongst other things I just don't think I'm going to have time unfortunately but we'll get her on to do uh, a bit of a review of that afterwards I think it'd be quite interesting to hear about how she found learning Fair Isle so that is taking place on the 14th and 15th of March 2015 it is at the Edinburgh Corn Exchange in Edinburgh and it's going to be awesome Uh, they've not They've got a little mini marketplace and they've not announced the vendors for that yet. And I know a couple of vendors who are vending there who are quite exciting as well. Uh, so keep your eye out for that in the next few weeks when they announce that as well. But yeah, get yourselves get yourselves booked on those trains. They're cheap at the moment. They've just released all the cheap tickets. So now is the time, people. 20 quid return from Elgin. All over it. And finally, told you there was a lot of chatter at the start of this, didn't I? Uh, we have the announcement of announcing an announcement regarding our year of socks on the podcast as you know the lovely Claire Divine excuse me turning pages there uh, I'm on a bit of a tight timeline this afternoon the lovely Claire Divine and uh, Kate our newbie sock knitter have been with us for a few episodes now uh, every other week talking about all things socky and the sock surgery is going to be kicking off its year of socks on the 19th of January. Part of the reason why I wanted to do this, not that it's all about me but it is all about me, <laughs> is that last year there was a big year-long knit-along called Socks with Sarah and Lots of people got into knitting socks through that, including Chloe, who also goes by Sparkly Shoes Are Faster, uh, who you will have heard of from the iMake podcast, because she's a friend of their podcast, and she started off the year having never really knit socks before, and ended up a complete convert, had a drawer full of beautiful hand-knitted socks, and uh, she's loving it, she's mad into the sock knitting now. I managed one pair with socks with Sarah, which is better than none, but it's not really what I had in mind. I really wanted to have quite a good selection of hand-knit socks, especially up here. It gets it does get really cold, and I think I get a lot more use out of them here than I probably would have done in Africa, where I wore Havianas for 11 months of the year. So I thought it'd be a good idea to kind of get in there and to spare us along and also to look at it from a kind of educational beginner knitter all the way through type thing because there's always lots of stuff you can learn about knitting and you know socks is one of those things where it's it looks pretty simple it's quite a wide subject there's loads of options available to you and I thought having 
a bit of peer pressure would help me along with my uh, knitting of socks. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to do the sock surgery knit along. And there's going to be lots of tutorials and talking about different aspects of knitting socks and making it more a more rounded educational thing uh, than just an ordinary sock knit along. We'll have lots of things accompanying it. And for January, although it will go kind of halfway through January to halfway through February, we are starting with a top-down heel flap sock. So there's going to be loads of tutorials and things over on Claire's blog, uh, which is yarnandpointy6.com. Anything that is of a technical sock knitting instructional nature will be on her blog because um, it supports a lot of the other work that she does. She writes a lot of articles for the knitter and such like on heels and toes and socks and everything else in between. So general stuff like yarn reviews and collecting together different pattern picks and things will be on my blog, which is shinybees.com. So if it's technical, instructional, hardcore, nitty stuff, it's Claire. If it's general, interest, yarn review, etc. stuff, uh, it's me and hopefully Kate will also be doing a few kind of guest posts for us about her experience of learning to knit socks and all the kind of points that she's learning points that she picks up along the way um the next episode after this one we will be casting on and that will be on the 18th of January and we'll talk about different ways to cast on and then on the 19th we'll just kick off with the first sock they'll also we'll do a suggested pattern um, which covers that technique which will come initially from Claire's book because they're all tested though she knows them inside out so it makes it much easier but along with that we'll also be doing um, recommendations for different patterns that also use that particular type of construction so you don't have to knit the same sock that Kate's knitting if you don't like it you don't need to do it you can do something completely different if you are a little bit further along in your sock knitting and maybe want to try something new or try a technique that stretches you Claire's also going to be doing pattern picks for them so she's going to have five different categories of pattern and each month she will choose five patterns that depending on what level you're at you can opt for different or what you fancy that month you can opt for different things now you don't even have to knit those ones you can knit any sock you want just come and join in ask questions have a bit of a chat talk about yarn it's all good um, but obviously it kind of makes more sense to be doing that same construction because there will be learning points no matter what level of knitter you are there'll be stuff you can take out of it and um, if you have any pattern recommendations for that particular type of stock, uh, sock now is the time to kind of like be getting them together ready to to kind of share with all of us really because it, it's always good we love a bit of enabling as you know year of enabling um, so I think that is going to be quite sort of good fun. The I think I've covered everything that I wanted to talk about actually. It was all stuck in my head. I don't know really write so many notes. I just blag it uh, as you could probably tell. <laughs> um, but the hashtag we're going to use for it is hashtag sock surgery. So if you're doing any of the other kind of sock knit-alongs for the year, like I've seen um, personal mystery sock club i think it is which is a hashtag i've seen it on instagram and people are getting 12 skeins of yarn out of sock yarn out of the stash brilliant idea and they're putting them all in paper bags so they can't see which one's which and every month they're just randomly picking one and that's the sock club for the month like it like it's been delivered it'd be quite funny to do it i think and then post it back to yourself so you get it through the post i mean it would cost you a lot three pound at a time but it'd be quite cool or just give it to one of your mates and get them to post it as if you've received it through the post but yeah the um the idea of that is obviously to use up some of their sock yarn and the they're at, they're in a sock club and it's a surprise um but it's stuff that they're rediscovering from their stash which we'd love that's a great idea if you're taking part in that or in anything else and you want to just uh someone to kind of cheer you along uh come on over there will be a chat thread opening in the shiny bees group for that so if you want to come over and, and talk about socks and knit along with us for the whole year I want 12 pairs of beautiful socks by the end of the year then uh, feel free all are welcome so that is a lovely segue 
into our sock surgery for this episode which is how to make your socks fit so we're going to go back to me in the past and Claire and Kate back to when I didn't have a cold and uh, we'll be talking about uh, fit for your socks okay so I've been joined again by the lovely Claire and Kate and following on from our previous episode where we talked about direction and a little bit about the kind of needles people are using and their feedback that we got. Um, this week we're going to be talking about how to adjust your socks for fit to make sure they fit correctly. So welcome again to the show, Claire and Kate. Hello. Hello. And Kate, I think you're going to kick off with the first question. Yes, Claire, measuring. So kind of... The first time that measuring came into my sock knitting, really, because I was using a tutorial, so it was fine. It told me how many to cast on. I knit down the cuff around the heel and onto the foot. And then it said to knit, say, um, two inches less than the length of your foot. And so that's the stage that I needed to knit to before I then started doing the toe. So firstly, I wasn't quite sure kind of which bit of my foot to measure, to measure along the sole, like whether to go from the tip of the toe, but then where to stop at the back of my heel, whether or not I needed to go kind of around the heel a little bit. And at the same time, I wasn't really sure where to start measuring on my knitted sock because it goes, again, it's round at the back. So can you help me with that bit, please? I can. Um, In answer to that question, um, I... It's sort of easier to explain with a diagram, but one point you do need to do is I would stand flat and I would stand on a piece of paper and I would make a mark, the same as if you are um, measuring, I sort of think about measuring a child against a wall. I suppose you could measure anyone against a wall, but when you're a child and you sort of stand against the wall and someone puts a book on top of your head and marks you off on a growth chart, or maybe maybe this only happened to me, I don't know. (laughs) I'm starting to think it sounds a little strange. Um, In the same way, you want to stand flat because if you hold your foot on your lap or something, your foot will move um, because it does that, you know, to help you walk. So stand flat, make a pencil mark at the furthest point, so your your longest toe because some of us have longer toes than others, and at the back of your heel and the absolute back of your heel. So, and you want a sort of a straight line against that. And that's how long you want your foot to be. Now, I always um, err on the side of caution. If it's a not a whole number, I round down. I don't round up because you want your socks to fit. So you'd yeah. rather have them a tiny bit smaller, like it's not a lot smaller. But, but if it's a tiny bit too big, then that's too big. If it's a tiny bit too small, it will stretch around your toes. Um And then on your sock, you again want to measure from the furthest point on the heel. So if your heel is round, you want to measure from sort of the the edge, the furthest edge, and pull that down. Again, I find that you want to err on the side of caution. So I think if you think you're there, you're probably there. Don't knit extra rows. I always find if you knit extra rows, it's too much. I'm not advocating knitting a short sock, but... um, remember with socks you want negative ease so what I'll do is I'll include some diagrams and some links and some very very good books um, that have been written about measuring feet and making socks to fit um, everybody's foot so I'll put some links in in the blog post about those I just want to go back to basics really about measuring and getting a good fit and I I teach a a finishing workshop sort of digress here a little I teach a finishing workshop and what I always tell people who come to me and say that they aren't getting really nice finished objects and they're not happy with the way their knits have turned out is that actually your finishing really is all about your starting so if your socks don't fit if they're baggy Um, it's probably because you haven't started it correctly. Either you've picked the wrong materials, you've picked the wrong pattern, or you've not swatched. And I know that's sort of a dun-dun-dun moment, and people think, I'm not swatching for socks, this is ridiculous. But fit for socks is really, really important. Um, And everyone's gauge is different, and yarns are very different. So swatch. The rules of swatching use the yarn you're going to use, use the needles you're going to use. If you've got wooden DPNs versus 
a stainless steel long cable for magic loop your gauge could be different at swatching the round please it makes a big difference block your swatch because that makes a big difference um often you'll knit socks with similar sock yarn so you can sort of think of it as a preparation for the the years ahead because providing your gauge is pretty settled you will start to to understand your gauge but if you don't know what your gauge is there's no point measuring your foot because you kind of only have one part of the the equation so swatch and then measure uh, measure your foot measure the width of your foot so the around sort of the broadest part of your foot um and then those are your basic measurements but then what you also need to start thinking about and I'll put the link for it it is a brilliant book it's called Bigfoot Knits and um, it has an extensive section about measuring feet because some of us have skinny ankles and larger calves some of us have straight calves and straight ankles um, some of us have wide feet some of us have narrow feet some of us have high arches low arches um, I've got of square wide toes my husband's got long pointy toes like no one's foot is the same and this book contains lots of information about measuring your foot so you might not need to worry about this for your first sock but I think if you're going to get an optimum fit you need to think about all the different variables um, that that are out there and you can make it as easy or as complex as as you like but I do think if you knit a sort of a basic tube you don't gauge, you don't do a gauge swatch, you knit a basic tube, you don't really measure your foot and your sock doesn't fit, um, that's probably because you didn't prep. Um, so there's lots of things to think about. And I, I think my summary is do basic measurements, swatch, and then try on your sock as you go. You know, try on the leg because rather realize that your cuff is too tight before you knit heel in a foot. And um, then once you finish your sock, try it on and realize that you're cast on so tight you can't get it over your the widest part of your ankle. I do have a question for you though, Claire. If yeah. Kate doesn't, um, I'm just going to chip in. <laughs> um, I, I did, but yeah, no. It fine. might be the same question. It probably is. Um, when you talk about ease... Ah, yes. Oh, oh, the dogs don't like that. Can you hear that in the background? Oh, Bowser don't like ease. I think it's Wommy, that one. Um, oh, dear. Obviously, no. you mentioned negative ease. Uh, when you were talking there. Just for those people who don't know what ease is, they maybe not come across it before, can you explain what you mean? Absolutely. So in knitting, we have, um, we usually refer to negative ease and positive ease. Um, I think they're easiest to explain in relation to each other. So if you have a loosely fitted um, open front cardigan, so you can imagine how that would fit on your body, we would say that that has positive ease. So if you have a 38 inch chest measurement, you might have a cardigan that measures in the chest at 40 inches um, or even bigger. Some, some really big sort of floaty garments might have. So your garment measures more than the measurement you're going to fit it to. Now, I'm sure you can relate to the fact that you don't want your sock if your leg measures nine inches. I'm not sure why I've turned into inches today because I'm very much a metric girl. But anyway, if your leg measures nine inches, you don't want your sock to be nine and a half inches because it's going to fall down and be really baggy. You probably want your sock to be eight inches or eight and a half inches. So negative ease means that the knitted item is smaller than the thing you're putting the knitted item onto. So we use negative ease for socks hats and um, the brim of a hat, uh, mitts, like uh, fingerless mitts, those kinds of things we use maybe for a fitted cardigan and then for positive ease is, is usually with sort of more flowing, um, less fitted garments. So that's what I mean by negative ease and with socks you're always aiming for negative ease. Um, some people like more negative ease than others. Uh, something to consider if you, and, and this goes back to our initial discussions about durability, if you don't knit your socks with much negative ease, um, they won't fit as sort of snugly on your foot, but they will also wear um, a lot quicker because there is sort of more, that they're not as, as, as durable. Um, a good strong gauge and a good strong sort of negative amount of negative ease um, will make your socks last longer.
Claire, will that will that be factored into the pattern? So when I'm looking at the sizing, should if the sizing says seven and a half inches, should that be my foot or should I do I need to factor in some negative ease when I'm selecting the size? It really depends whose patterns you're knitting from. Okay. And I know that's not the most helpful answer. No. Um, good patterns should have a, um, ideally they should have two measurements, one which is the finished circumference and one that is an advice um, or some guidance on fit. So you'll have finished size and to fit. Um, but if somebody just has a finished size, that's fine as well because um, you, can, you can know that you need about an inch, two and a half centimetres of ease roughly um or someone might have to fit and um, if they don't have to fit you can do a little bit of math so all you need to do is take the number of stitches you cast on and divide that by your gauge and that will then give you the finished circumference of the sock and then you can work it from there but i think if you are paying for good sock patterns you should expect to have that kind of information in them and most good sock patterns do but if you're working from a, a, a free recipe, you might not get that. And then you might need to do some, some maths of your own. But I think that's the trade-off you get for a freebie pattern is you have to do a bit of extra work. Okay. So thanks once again to Claire and Kate for coming on for the sock surgery. And I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. I hope uh, you've enjoyed being with us again this episode. It's been great chatting to you so soon after the last time. Always an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And to all of those of you that have got in touch since the last show, keep the comms coming. I love hearing from lovely listeners like yourselves. So I hope you all have a great week. Happy crafting and speak to you all again soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Shiny Bees podcast. Show notes to this episode can be found on the blog at www.shinybees.com. I'm Shiny Bees on Ravelry, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest and Facebook, so feel free to give me a shout. Or you can email me at shinybeesinfo at gmail.com. Music for this episode is provided courtesy of Music Alley and is by Adam and the Walter Boys. It's I Need a Drink. I need a friend.